Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike German, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and intern Erica is in the house. Guys, people have been asking for it. We haven't been able to get together since the most historic sporting event of my lifetime. And I think you could argue uh, up there with some of the greatest sporting events in this country's history. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are NBA world champions. Yeah. It's, it's pretty whoop, spectacular. It's been a pretty incredible run. The um, last couple of months have been amazing. I'm it, still in yeah. shock. I can't it, believe it. Yeah, it is wild, and it's it's so interesting because people on Twitter and, and our listeners have wanted to hear our reaction, our reaction pod to to this this sort of monumental achievement. This makes me happy that people were craving the pod. They've even after messaged the me. One. They've been really? like, we can't wait for the pod. Oh yeah. Wow. So full disclosure, though, we came in here. We're recording immediately after the parade. It's six thirty on what Monday. And we're all in a weird mood, I think, or in a kind of a shitty mood. And so we've agreed, because I talked about this before we went to air, should we talk about what, what we were feeling after game six, or should we talk about what we're feeling right now? And we all agreed, let's get the annoying shit out of the way, and then hopefully that'll get us in a good place for us to talk about the game six win. Mike, uh, talk about your day and uh, the plan for the day. Because both of you, uh, your wives were out and about. And yeah. Kids were around, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about it. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen you at all. Yeah, no, I mean, this. Uh, we found out the parade was going to be today, Monday. Uh, they, uh, they won the championship, uh, was it on a Thursday, I believe? Yeah, it was Thursday night. So, yeah, we were looking forward to the parade. And it's one of those things where it's like you knew it would be this sort of massive Toronto event. There hasn't been a parade quite like this since I think the Leafs had a parade in, what was it, 67 or something like that. There must have um, been a Jays parade at some point. Yeah. Great point. There was a Jays parade. But I, I just don't – oh, no, they did it in the Sky Dome, though. Oh, they did. So it's like and it was. TFC. It, yeah, it was. Well, yeah. So there's TFC and the Argos have had parades, but th- I'm saying they haven't been at the scale that that this yeah. has been. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Max, the Jays that was isolated in the Sky Dome, so it wasn't like whatever the parade route was. And I could be wrong, and maybe Jays fans will be like, it was all through the streets. I don't think there was anything like what we saw today, as far as fans in the streets, uh, the the scene at Nathan Phillips Square. Uh, it was immense. It was incredible. So again, it was all downtown. Um, I live downtown, so I thought it would be amazing to go. I wanted to see it with uh, Danica and our daughter Winnie because I just thought it would be such a great sort of thing that you know one day, many years in the future, there will be photos, adorable photos, photos of Winnie sleeping in a sea of two million people. Well, Kawhi Leonard holds up his MVP trophy, and we all chant, you know, MVP, MVP. Uh, so yeah, like I just wanted to be a part of it with the family, so that one day when she looks back at the photos, I'll be like, you can tell people that you were there, you know, when when we had the, the parade yeah so yeah that was kind of that where did you go so uh, dan and i were at uh, right at queen and university so we okay. had this like really good sort of corner staked out but here's the thing and i don't i don't know if this is the city of toronto planning or what but like the parade was three hours behind i want to get to that so because i'm pretty fucking pissed off right now <laughs> um, so so not to kill it but again this is not something that's happened in this city on this and this this magnitude for you know, 30 years if we want to count the J's or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, I mean, I had a baby. We had our spot plotted out perfectly. They were supposed to be in Nathan Phillips Square by 1230. So we were still there with, like, a good, like, hour and a half until they should have gone by us at University of Queen. It just kept dragging. It just kept I had, like, a perch, like, plotted out. I had, like, it was so perfect. But then it's like, you know, we fed the baby. We actually, for the first time ever, changed the baby holding it like it was in a two person job i just held the baby like as if you're going to baptize it and then dan like she like did the diaper but the baby was wiggly it was like a really good free change that'll I'll be call the story it. from this day like, like when we change. change you in public what's that shit or piss 
<laughs> Luckily, it was only a number one. Oh, but yes. we anticipated Still it Still impressive. We thought it was going to be a two. That was it, because Dan thought she smelled something funny. And because it's so uh, um, enclosed, there's so many people around us, we were like, oh, we need to change this this baby so that we're not the people that are making this area smell like uh, poo-poo. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, uh, <laughs> we did a free change, and we were very proud of ourselves. <laughs> free change, that what it's called? Yeah, we, I just made this up. And uh, we, <laughs> we, Sometimes they'll cost you. <laughs> we, we pound, yeah, exactly. It could have gone disastrously. Uh, so we, we punched it in. We were like, teamwork makes the dream work. So we're feeling pretty good. But it, it, the sun was out, you know, which was great. But once you're sitting out there for hours and hours on end, and it's like, oh, oh the other thing, there's no reception downtown. Mm-hmm. Basically, because everyone was on the network, no LTE worked, nothing worked. So I couldn't even get any updates or any. I didn't know. It wasn't like, oh, the parade is progressing. It's on Lakeshore right now. I didn't know anything. I eventually had to call my brother, Greg, because I knew he'd either be by a TV or in Nathan Phillips Square and at least have the inside info. And he's like, hey, right now they're just turning up York, but in order for him to get to you, it's going to probably be another hour. It's moving at a snail's pace. There's people in the streets. It was bedlam. Dogs, cats, living together. Chaos. <laughs> Where were you, Shane? I was, well, initially, I I wasn't sure if we were going to get off work because I, I had Monday planned to take off. And then my friend John Popolis was like, I don't know about that, Shane. They're going to give it everyone as like an oh you'd feel stupid if you took the day off almost national holiday so i was like okay and then i don't (laughs) and then i messaged mike the night before i go mike what's what's the deal what's our boss saying because mike's very close with randall who is our boss and he's like i don't know i'm gonna uh, ask him right now randall wasn't getting back then i asked Poplis. i was like hey is this email coming out like to to all the employees he's like ah it's more of like an implied thing like just kind of take it off and uh, they won't say anything i'm like randall doesn't roll like that like he'll (laughs) feel like supremely disrespected and he doesn't care about basketball so i'm like oh okay i'm just gonna get there early and uh there's nothing worse by the way than feeling supremely disrespected (laughs) such a funny well that's the highest form of disrespect (laughs) (laughs) it's such an earworm just so you know he was supremely disrespected (laughs) so i was like okay here's my plan i'm gonna get there as early as possible Walk around, shoot some video just so I can say I experienced it. Then sit at my desk wearing all my championship gear. And I sit right outside Randall's office and kind of make like puppy dog faces. And then he'll be like, get the hell out of here, Cunningham. But I need Randall to do that. Otherwise, You're just sitting at your he's going to be like, because sometimes I'll just assume like if it's a terrible snowstorm, I just won't come in. And my boss will be like, where are you? I'm like, oh, Randall is assumed. Yeah, no. I'm like, oh, it's crazy. Like, I, I just assumed. He's like, never assume. It makes an ass of you or not. No, he doesn't say <laughs> and that. And I feel supremely disrespected. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you okay. and I. It's you and me, but yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Randall's not the smartest boss in the world, okay? <laughs> it's not me telling it incorrectly. But so then I get to work, and Randall's not there. I'm like, shit, what, what do I do? Like, I can't make the puppy face. And then Mike informs me that an email, in fact, did go out. You just have to ask your manager. So, but I had been Instagramming, so I'm like, geez, Randall's <laughs> going to assume I just didn't even wait for the email and I was just gallivanting across the streets getting all this great like footage of all the crowds and all the antics and stuff. So I was like, oh, Mike, we got to take a photo of us in the <laughs> office to prove that we're here at our desk. Because we were both in at like, like yeah, 839. Like, mm, smart. Yeah. Yeah. So then took that picture, posted it, and then I was like, hey, Alex, guess what? I do get the day off so I can meet you because mm-hmm. my oh, wife, so she was waiting to hear my wife, you. Alex, had already just not t- taken her supply teaching job. So she came into the city, but she came in a little bit later than me because when I came in, it was like I got to the city at 8 a.m. But at about nine, they started barricading the city off mm-hmm. into two quadrants. So I go to meet Alex at the uh, go bus station, but it won't let me go there because it's totally barricaded off. 
So I go, oh, you're going to have to come to me. But they wouldn't let her to me. So I could see my wife, and I'm waving at her. Oh. But it's a, about a two-and-a-half-hour walk to get to me, even though... <laughs> even though you could see her. Yeah, even though we're... The street. Yeah, we're only 20 meters apart. <laughs> That's crazy. So she tried to go through the underground tunnel, yeah. but then they closed... <laughs> it's called <laughs> The Path. Yes, <laughs> This is like some dystopian science fiction future. <laughs> it's The Path system for anybody who's been to Toronto. My yeah. love. But then uh, they, they, they block that off or whatever. Oh, wow. So that was supremely impossible. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Max. Thank when you, you, yeah, when you go for it, it doesn't work. Uh, and then uh, she eventually, <laughs> she got to the uh, the barricade, mm. and she goes... Are you she, the baby? No baby. No baby. She figured it would be she too dangerous. She left on the other side of the barricade. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm lighter this way. <laughs> but she what asked... Did you say? I'm lighter this way because <laughs> without the 20 pounds that my daughter weighs, sure, sure. <laughs> I just lost 20 pounds. And but she's at the barricade and she's asking the people like, "What's going to happen if I kind of just jump over that small distance?" What and happens when a hot chick jumps over a fence? <laughs> well, that's what she was basically insinuating. She <laughs> yeah, was. I know. And, and and they they go, "Well, a guy did it, and the police tackled him." And then Alex goes, "Would they tackle me?" <laughs> And, and, oh my goodness. And then and then the girls like uh, they probably will like you know they get all bent out of shape when you assume that they won't just because you're pretty girl. It makes an asset of you and I. It makes an asset of you <laughs> and me, Max. You Sorry, and me. You and me, you and me <laughs> anyway, she tried it, but she got some people to uh, kind of block her so the police wouldn't see, and she actually hopped oh, over wow. the barricade and ran to freedom. And then <laughs> we got. And then, and then you embrace she's it. like, oh, my God, it felt like uh, Escape from Danamora, which was one of the series we loved about yeah, great prison show. escape. She's like, that was so exhilarating. Oh, my God, that was totally worth it. Big makeout because she loves to smooch. We learned this on an earlier she podcast. She went for a little makeout and, like, darted her tongue in, and then I gave her the face, and that was, like, it. Like, there's kids everywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, and then I caught a Snickers bar. <laughs> What I predicted, because my arms are longer, right? So I predicted that I could catch a Snickers bar if it came within catching distance. Yeah. I caught the Snickers bar. Mm. So I'm thrilled, right, just to catch the one bar. Then at the end of the parade, there's a van, and they're giving out more Snickers bars, but not just a bar. Oh, no. Good reveal. Great reveal. Is this cases? Well, for our listeners, Shane has two giant 48 packs this of Snickers bars. This is 96 Snickers bars. Yeah. Wow. You're making money today. And two things of Juicy Fruit. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. So we should take a photo of this, tag Snickers, and they'll sponsor the pod. Yeah. All right. Done. Because that's worked before in the past. This Perrier is great. Yeah, no, <laughs> sure, this is free sponsorship. So does anyone want a Snickers? I'd love it. I'll share I'll one with somebody. One. Yeah. Do you want to split one, Erica? Could you do the whole thing? Uh, we can split. Oh, yeah, She's just thing. being nice to you, Max. Yeah. She wants her own chocolate bar. Yeah, you could just split, eat half, and then... Throw out the other half. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many. Just chuck. It. It's like a new form of currency. I, I already ate one. Shane came back to the office. Oh with man, them. great, yeah. great job, Shane. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what was your parade experience? Oh, I'm eating the Snickers. Can you finish anything more to your story? Well, here, here's the weird part, and this is I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring this up, but as we were leaving, there's so many people. We needed like somebody to create a path for us. And we noticed these two big guys on like a mission and they're walking and they got backpacks. And the one guy's like, I'm telling you, man, just pull it out and just do it. And he's like convincing him. So in my mind, I'm like, this sounds like some weird like shooting thing. Some terrorism. I swear, that was my first thought. And we were like paranoid about like Alex's 
hyper paranoid about like a bomb or like the sure. some sort of thing like the Boston Marathon. So my brain was like, oh, fuck. Imagine that was like some shooting thing. And then when I get to work, back at work, I hear there was a shooting. And I'm like, geez, imagine that these guys actually Were the did it. Yeah, but it's such a... It wouldn't have been them probably. I, I know. So my experience, I, I got, I didn't have any plan for today. I was just going to like wander around. I didn't expect to get anywhere near the stage. I just expected to kind of walk around and take it in because that was my favorite part about game six and what, what we did afterward was just wander around King Street. Oh, everybody, we'll get to that. Yeah, and we'll get to that. And everybody was on the boat. So I was like, you know, I don't care if I get close to the stage. But I got a text from uh, our gal Chantel who runs the BOD, the Board of Directors Lounge at the Air Canada Center. And she was putting together this sort of VIP experience for people going to the parade so she said do you want to come to this thing i said yeah i'd love to go to this thing so ash mike d and i go to this viewing area it's a deck it's to the west side of the stage closer to dundas and we get there at about 11 o'clock and we're taking it in you know it's like it's pretty incredible because we're a little higher just to see the sea of people yeah and i'll say i'll say this you know how you talked about going to Jurassic Park, and even though it looks like people are crammed in there, yeah. there's actually a lot of room, and it's actually really well run, and there's clearly capacity yeah. in, in in that venue. There was not that at this event. People no. f- from 11 o'clock were crammed in, and there were kids in like baby strollers in the middle of the crowd. And the whole time I'm thinking, man, this is this is crazy. Like I don't know how anybody is dealing with this. And then of course the, the parade is super delayed. And they um, they must have run out of programming to show on the screens because I feel like in that instance, if people are distracted and there's somebody on stage entertaining, then you can kind of forget that you're like surrounded by a million people and it's pretty fucking hot outside and people are like various levels of sort of um, irritated. Yeah. But they weren't showing anything and the music kind of stopped. So I'd say I'm going to get this probably a little bit factually wrong, but probably between 12 and 1 when the team was supposed to be showing up. It was kind of silent there. So people were just sort of like just sort of hanging out and it's getting more and more crowded. And I was thinking like this is kind of like a recipe for disaster. Like this is not good. Eventually, uh, you know, someone came out to sing Oh Canada. They ended up getting uh, the video walls going with like montages. And and as soon as that happened, people got in a much better mood because they showed like a, a playoff montage. They... Um, they should have just rolled a game. They, they, they should have just rolled they a game. Just honestly played game seven of the Philly series. That would have killed two hours. That would have killed two hours, and no one would have thought about it. They would have loved it. Yeah. They would have cheered at all the right points. They would have all been waiting for the shot. Yeah, and and the thing which is weird about this event is even though it's like a family event, it's Monday at noon. Like, this is not like the devil's hour by any stretch. Walking there, there's dudes with like open alcohol, like open bottles of liquor on Queen Street. Like just sort of milling about, so I'm like, it, so for a lot of people, it was what you wanted to have, which yeah. was like a moment uh, with your family, with your family. Yeah. But it wasn't like that for everybody. So then, uh, finally, the Raptors arrive, and that is very exciting. And I, I was, it's funny though. There was a moment. It was probably around like twelve fifteen when I realized they wouldn't be showing up till about three. Where I'm like, I think I'm just gonna leave. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to do this. And by the way, we're in the shaded area, and there's hors d'oeuvres being passed around, and water, everything is free. I'm like, I'm getting pretty tired. Alcohol? <laughs> no alcohol. Right. Um, what tier celebrity are you on this deck? This is just kind of like I don't know who is. It. There's some media members there. There, there, there was. It was so you're more, pretty high in this. Uh, well, there's this more company. people who like worked at MLSC and probably some corporate sponsor people. So, I saw, so I saw, they're I big s- wigs. You're a legit celeb. 
Uh, sort of, but yeah. I mean, whatever. their suits. You're the talent. Yeah, something like that. That's pretty I, cocky, man. I, I saw. Uh, I saw. The <laughs> <laughs> you doted him into it, and then you killed him. Uh, I saw the nut pop into a few photos. He actually, well, the nut was supposed to. Oh, let's get to the nut in a little bit. Actually, okay, all right, we'll, we'll save that. Him. Uh, which is awesome. Um, but so uh, the Raptors take the stage. The mayor starts to speak, and kind of to the right of the VIP area. Oh, by the way, earlier. Uh, at probably around um, noon, Mike D goes to me. He's like, listen, if all these people want to break into this VIP area and kill us, you know what? We deserve it. Because <laughs> we're like... It's the French Revolution, Of baby. course. Of course. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, the mayor starts to talk, and that's exactly what happens. People start pushing through the barricade because they not even they want to get into the kind of the rafters where we are, but there's clearly empty real estate in our area that is fenced off that will get you a little bit closer to the stage and will allow you to even see the stage. Because people... Uh, to my west, were, couldn't really even see the stage. Yeah. Like there, there was obviously pretty good sight lines for a lot of people there, but for many people, there was no good sight lines. So they break through the fence, and at that moment, I'm like, oh god, this is kind of turning crazy. Like I don't want to be around for this. This is just like the whole scene. Your begin, spidey senses are going. Yeah, out. begins to get a bit spooky, right? Mm-hmm. And and I get it because if if I were in the middle of that thing, I'd want to fucking rage too. So that happens. The police, a bunch of police, come over. They kick people out of this VIP area, close off the barricade, that happens. And then about two minutes later, people begin to scram, like you see in those terrible internet videos when there's a shooting happening. Right. Everyone fucking gets out of there. You can't see what happened, but something definitely happened maybe about 15 meters away from me. And Mike, Ash, and I go, that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. I had to go to a dance lesson anyway, so it was good timing to leave. <laughs> Just kind of buried that lead. We yeah. go on. <laughs> so we get out of there. And then immediately we hear there's been a shooting. Wait, is that serious? You went to a dance lesson? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, then he actually moonwalked out of there. <laughs> Can you imagine? It all, that'd be the best exit He's ever. He's faster moonwalking. Yeah. <laughs> These lessons are really paying off. Hope you're all safe. <laughs> Later. <laughs> anyway, go on. So then um, we hear that there's been a shooting. But it turns out whatever happened in my area of the crowd was not that. actual shooting. It wasn't that. Something happened in my area of the crowd, but the shooting happened on the opposite corner. So, sure. And um, the thing that, so I feel like when some of this happens, a few things. Like the first thing that goes in your mind is this fucking asshole. Who's this fucking like, um, loser. like loser who brings a gun to this event and opens fire? Like fuck you. Like I hate you so much. You've ruined this for everybody. So that's my first instinct. Yeah. And then I zoom out a little bit more and I go, ah, it's the institutions. The institutions fuck this up because it's like, well, I think about the kid who, the, the dumbass that shot people. I'm like, oh, that kid's been underserved. You know, this is a disenfranchised person who clearly didn't have a shot. Left. So I think about that a little bit. And then I also think about the fucking city of Toronto who botched this so badly. Yeah. And, and I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm killing the city of Toronto uh, in this instance. As a fan, as the biggest fan of the city of Toronto, the, our city runs pretty fucking well. I think there's really well-meaning and really smart bureaucrats and politicians that keep this shit going on time. And it's way harder. They do not get nearly enough credit for the fact that the subway works probably 362 days of a year. Garbage gets picked up. The, clean, the streets are cleaned. Like I, I admire institutions, and that's why I think we need to have bigger institutions, not to make this about politics. But the, they fucked this up so much. And, and, and I... Understand this is the first time they've ever had to do something like this in maybe ever. You know, like we killed a fire department for yep. going to locals only at 145 and kicking everybody out because there's too many people in the bar. But you need those institutions 
to keep tabs on things because when that when those don't exist, then you know shit like this happens. Mm. So I I don't know. I just think there's going to be a real retrospective on today, and there's going to be some real reckoning at the city of Toronto um, for how to do this better because it was unacceptable. And I and I get they only had three days to turn this around. I get they never done it before. It's so fucking hard. But I was just so furious. I was I was just as mad about that than just. And then but the second you make else. it into the finals, I think you got to start preparing for it. Sure. It's not like they only have three and days. it's just like go to extremes if you have to. Shut down every street downtown. Mm-hmm. I know that's inconvenient. I know it sucks, but it's like do it. People were spilling in the streets. You know, Erica was saying that it's like there were certain parts along Lakeshore. There's no barricades, so fans were walking up to the to the convertible that that. Masai Ujiri was in. Yeah, well, uh, Pablis' wife, Sarah, got a photo Just with walked him. up to the car. So because those people were able to walk into the fucking streets, it slowed the whole play down to a snail space. It's like, you have to barricade the streets like crazy or make the fucking um, 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 parade route shorter so it's literally a 40-minute stretch. That's it. Yeah, like and keep Bremner it moving at a front. clip. To fucking exactly or, yeah. start at the ACC yeah. and go to Nathan Phillips Square if that's where you want to do it. But that presents its own bunch of issues. It's free. People are going to squish in. People are camping there overnight. They were there. It went too long. People were getting crushed at the front. They didn't have water. It's just like you need to actually like spare no expense and you have to police it more if you're going to do it this magnitude. Maybe they would say they know there'd be this many people. I don't know. I guess they would say, hey, listen, for that many people and and that that little sort of like uh, a rule. It could have been a lot worse, and it was a lot better. You look at it that side of it, but yeah. You know, this is the um, the other side of this conversation. You know, we play in a lot of venues where it's like heavily unionized, and things are so expensive. And the reason why unions exist is because they go, no, no, we're going to run this, and we're going to run it well, and we have professionals that get paid like for professionals, not a bunch of teenagers you know, working at like, you know, the cash at Burger King or something like these are people who are paying to do a good job. And these are the rules. These are the rules you need to abide by. And the show is going to run smoothly. And and that's what happens when you attend those productions. But when it is a free for all, shit falls apart. When we got to University in Queen at like 1030, 1040, cars were still going down the side that wasn't the route on University. Cars were still using Richmond, the light, like until enough people just kind of like filled in so they could no longer use the streets. It's like, why hasn't this all been shut Mm -hmm. since 8 fucking a.m.? Like, I know it's an inconvenience. It's once. And honestly... It might not happen again for another 30 years in this fucking city if, if it holds to what happened. You know, the Jays are the last time. Hopefully they get it right the next time. But, yeah, yeah. it's just – it's a real uh, – it was a real bummer, uh, everything about it. You know, we were all watching it because Shane and I didn't go to the ceremony. We were only at the parade. You were at the mm-hmm. ceremony but not the parade. For all of, you know, 20 minutes. So you didn't see Kawhi do the laugh. No, no, I was out of there for all that. But I feel like blaming Toronto is kind of letting Birchall off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> What do you, what, what do you well, because if this went well, we'd be praising him, right? Because he he seems to take offense when we criticize it. Yeah, I mean the thing the, the thing that's disappointing about the day is that we got the best weather. It yeah. was really perfect mm-hmm. weather. It only got too hot because it was late. And, if things ran on time, it would have been the perfect weather. And the parade was beautiful. Like when you look at the images of the people, the sea of people in the streets, the way that the players were responding to it. Like I think those players will never forget it because it was something magical. Yeah. And, and and I will say that the parade part was amazing. I just think that the ceremony part was a fucking abject disaster yeah yeah anyway this is all to say bigger government or smarter government or like when when not to make this into like a political rant and i'm i'm assuming most of our listeners would probably agree with me anyway but like when people say like keep government out of our lives or whatever it's like well somebody's got to be in charge of this kind of thing and like this is obviously a much bigger example of the way government acts in our lives but they do this on a 
in so many ways, big and small. And we and we gotta like just keep pushing for people that are in charge to to take their jobs yeah. really seriously. Double barricades would have solved so many problems. Yeah. Um, one last thing I will say is obviously shooting went down. Matt Devlin, the Raptors play-by-play guy, came out and he he I guess he had to say something because the crowd was spooked at the back, especially where the shooting yeah. was. Even if the people in the front didn't quite understand what was going on, I thought he handled the situation very well. Considering, I mean, it made the whole thing very bizarre. It, it, people didn't know what to do. We were watching on CP2, and we're like, "What is this? Mm-hmm. Is, this is it a terrorist threat, or was there actually an act of violence or something?" And Matt just came out and he was like, "You know, this is about love, and let's you know be calm. Nobody panic. We just have to make sure something's okay, and then we will continue the ceremony." He took the mic away from Larry Tannenbaum, you know, like our yeah, yeah. mid. Mid speech. Yeah, anyone else doing that, I find it would have been terrifying. But he could pretty much say anything. Well, well, I think that was his shining yeah. moment. So, so, so I just wanted to give Matt D a shout out. Do you want to say something about Devlin? Uh, on that note, yeah. And then my second thing I was going to say is that the Toronto police did get it get it handled. You know, those those two guys, the suspects, are in custody. The last reporting I saw, I don't know since we've come in here. Um, and there's there's two people injured. I, I think they've gone to hospital. I don't think anybody's um, um, deceased yet. But two people rushed to hospital, and the police found these fucking guys, and they're in custody. Uh, they said it's non life threatening, so I don't think so. Yeah, so die, yeah. you know. Thank the heavens for that, uh, and 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 you know the police acted quick. You can't you can't stop crazy people from doing yeah, and despicable God bless the things. Police that are there yeah. doing their best. It's just like on an organizational level. Uh, John, I was talking to John Popolis and his wife Sarah, who's a high school friend of mine, um, specializes in behavioral psychology, and he was telling me there's a principle, and I forget what it's called, but it's like Belding. Trent, sorry, nothing. <laughs> say by the belt Good work. Thank you. Um, Called something, something, something to the effect of organizational transparency, where in this situation where there's big crowds, if you're if you're honest with them and upfront about what is happening, then they'll they'll get in line. So if they were to tell the crowds at Nathan Phillips Square, um, the 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 parade will not the the Raptors will not be here for another an hour and a half. They are currently at this intersection. This is what's happening. Then the crowd would have been, I think, a lot more at. They would have booed. They would have booed. But then they would have had their expectations. Yeah, they would have had their expectations. No. And, um, and then people would have looked at each other and been like, should we just take off? Yeah, yeah we should, should we just go? leave. But because it was so uncertain yeah. and they only showed the feed every once in a while. No one had internet. Right? The combination of, yeah, no reception. Yeah. Oh, uh, last thing I want to say is there are some uh, fucking idiots who were walking on the, the arches. arches. I heard about that. I fucking arrested. Put those motherfuckers in jail for a year. Because they, it's like they ruin it for everybody. I like... At one point before I arrived, there was like 20 people up there, and somebody had to, from the stage had to go, listen, this is not happening until you idiots get down. And I just like, I don't know. I, I get that people get carried away, and people are excited, and people want something funny for the Instagram. But you know how that doesn't happen? Nuts. You either put barricades at the bottom of the arches, yeah. or you have to put manned posts. Yeah. But this is the infrastructure that you're talking about. Yeah. You have to go, what are they going to climb? Because they're going to climb everything. Yeah. People were on all the streetlights. It was... You know, in a lot of ways, we, well, and maybe this is a good segue to, uh, to to the night of Game Six. But like, we walked amongst the mayhem. It yeah. was crazy in the city, um, but it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, benevolent. It, it was organized in a way, and but that was a smaller number than was going to be what was today. Yeah, and they should have known. Okay, so everyone that went out after Game Six at midnight in, in downtown times Toronto, that by five and families. Yeah. And everybody can come. And it's during the day. It's not like all these people sort of coming out and lurking through the night and sort of, you know, drunken party mode. These are, like you said, a mix of those people. Because all those same people are going to show up for this. 
plus you know five hundred thousand people are there with their plus kids. Plus everybody who who is in Mississauga and Brampton and Scarborough and Newmarket that want to come downtown for it that did not watch it downtown. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and, and my experience of the uh, parade again, we did not go to Nathan, Nathan Phillips Square for all the reasons that it just looked like it was g- going to be impenetrable oh. if you didn't get there at seven in the morning. The, my experience of the parade was absolutely lovely, other than the delay and just waiting around forever. People were kind. People were helping each other. Like, it was goodwill. It was fun. And this is, like, people that had been sitting around for three hours that were, like, you know what I mean? Could, for every reason, be annoyed. But it was almost like whenever you get an update, like, ooh, they're at front, I heard. It would, like, you know, it was, like, fun. You become part of your gang uh, that, that you were sort of stationed with. So yeah. I, it was a great time there. And, again, I didn't go to uh, what sounds like, you know, the pit of hell at Nathan Phillips Square. But, yeah. Uh, the ceremony... Until the incident seemed great on stage. Everybody was in a great mood. Kyle was great. Kawhi's speech ended up being great. Um, I heard a rumor that Drake was supposed to perform. Well, I think Drake and, was supposed yeah, to perform. And, and I was down. so excited. But honestly, at like again, at noon, I said, if Drake actually performs, this place is going to go insane. Maybe that's why he didn't. Yeah. But I mean, I, I bet you that the police were like, we have to get this thing over with. Like, we can't have like a hip hop concert happen like like and Drake shows are intense, right? And like and everybody would lose their mind, like it's the Beatles. That, that just couldn't happen. And at his that whole, hour. Did, did you hear his speech? N- Drake's speech? Yeah. No. He came out and I was like, okay, is he because I'd heard that he was gonna perform, so it's like, is he gonna perform? Is it gonna be a speech? And he just came out and his energy was kinda like it wasn't low, but he instead of going hype, like, we did it. You know, everything you've seen of him every yeah. since we've won has been very intense. And instead of coming out and sort of like waving a flag and sort of doing that, his energy was more like peace and love. Like mm-hmm. Mr. Burns after that treatment in that one Simpsons episode. Like, yeah. hi, I love everything. You know, he's like, and I think it's because he knew, shit, there's just been this shooting. I need to come with this energy. And he goes, I do this at my shows. Just turn to the person next to you and hug them. And so everybody hugged each other. And then the Raptors all he did turn, and, yeah, yeah. turn and hugged each oh, other. Oh, I didn't know. Good move. So it ends up being this move that's kind of like in response to this terrible thing that happened <laughs> that quelled the crowd as opposed to him coming out and, you know, doing started from the bottom or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I thought he handled that really well. But again, you know, this is this is why we can't have nice things because in large groups, there's always going to be one uh, yeah. piece of shit that, that ruins it. Should we move on to yeah, more positive things? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to game six. But how are you guys feeling now? You feeling all right? I feel like that was cathartic. cathartic. I, yeah. I feel like that was cathartic. I think it was good to, to get that off our chest. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to game six because game six was the fucking greatest night of my life. It was phenomenal. Which is crazy. You know what? It's, it's crazy to say because I've had so many amazing nights. I've had like my fair share plus 10 of awesome nights and that would include big band nights but also just like amazing weddings like with <laughs> friends yeah. and just like and also, like, the random, like, you know, I was thinking about, like, that night you, Dan, and I got caught in the rainstorm. Like, that was a great night. You know, it's that like, was a beautiful so night, yeah. I've been, um, what, what do you, what term do you use, Mike, when you, when you talked about your, your good fortune in life? You, you, oh, it's an embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. Like, I, the Raptors, that win might have been my favorite night ever. Oh, it was beautiful. Isn't that weird to yeah. think that? It's like, I like that more than, like, us playing a sold-out show somewhere. Yeah, that's it, weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean, well, maybe it's just like the value. Like you now play solo shows everywhere all the time, and you have been. For maybe many it's rarer. That's it's more maybe unique. Why. Oh, okay, so I think fair for yeah. you, it's 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 a, it's a greater high psychologically and just emotionally because it's so unique. Yeah. So, um, as we know, with this Raptors playoff run, as uh, it's proceeded into uh, the conference finals and the finals, 
organizing viewing parties has actually been a, a <laughs> point of stress because more and more people want to do it with you. Yeah. And then it becomes very difficult to find a room that can accommodate everybody because every bar is packed. Uh, no one's a condo or apartment can really sort out like you know, the number of people we want to. So I was actually stressed out on the day. We had a table at Real Sports thanks to the nut. Yeah, we did. A table for six, but then I was getting phone calls from other friends that wanted to join. And I called Real Sports to see if we can get more people in. They're like, no, we're at capacity. I heard a rumor that Shania Twain, no joke, was uh, had resos at Real Sports, and she also tried to expand her guest list. And they wouldn't let her, so she oh. she pulled out. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um So so they wouldn't let you didn't have the juice to expand her table. Yeah, so we, we had only had for six, six, which is which is a nightmare. It's like Sophie's choice. It's like, okay, which one of our friends do we it's like it's just like impossible. And so what you do is you go, Well, no one's reached out to me today. Like you you basically it's like who's talked to me most recently? You're the one that's in. I know it's it sucks though. It's tough. Because because then there's other friends who you know rely on you to reach out a little bit. I know. Uh, and, and you and that's part of your friendship is like, oh, I'm the guy who reaches out and makes the plan. I'm an organizer. I I'm an organizer. And then if you don't do that, then you're thinking, oh, that person might be staying at home tonight. Like I have a early childhood pal, Danny, like who wouldn't text me, but I know would appreciate coming out. You know what I mean? Oh, man. So totally. then, uh, and, but then also I, w- I want to watch it with you guys. I've, you know, so it was a really tricky thing to navigate. Well, because this was the nuts thing where he's like, table, real sports, six guys. He's like, you're By the way, the nut voice is the same. It's yeah, great. yeah. It just, so he tells me I'm in. I'm like, dope. I'm doing that. Is my brother going to be there? Cool. That's all. That's fine. That Like, I'm in. I don't care who the other four guys are. Obviously, I care. I was really excited. Well, because you were going to be one of them, yeah. obviously. And then, um, but it took the burden off me because then when people were reaching out to me. You're saying, like, it's not my party. I, I said, listen, I'm, I'm doing real sports. Like, Birch so, sorted it out. Sorry. I'm yeah. like, but let's all meet together after. Yeah. Which is true. And I sincerely do want to watch with people and bring people along. I want to bring everybody along. I, I, I hate exclusivity. Dude. Yeah. It tough. sucks. Before we get to our night, but Shane, what did you do? Uh, just quickly, like I had the most boring night, so I'm kind of like, I don't have an exciting story. But my wife wanted me to stay home because she was claiming she was a big Raptors fan. Also, <laughs> like I am, even though she looks at her phone, since we're swearing every fucking game. Um, <laughs> So I kind of like, don't look at your phone if you're a big fan, you know, like stay off <laughs> Instagram. So then she was like, I am a big fan, so we should all watch it together and have the moment. So I, I would have loved to be at Real Sports, but I am very happy that I was with my wife watching the game. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so interesting thing that happened. I guess Randall started messaging me, which is odd for him to message me during the game. He's like, listen. This is a big night for Mikey. I want to do something kind of funny, kind of heartwarming. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he's like, do you think Danica will find this funny or get angry with me? And I read it. It was this very like touching message. It's like, here's Mikey. Mikey's the greatest guy. Mikey's my fun guy and all this stuff. So I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, I don't get what Danica could be mad at. And then he sent me the photo and it was just Winnie's head was cut off. Like Mike's, Mike's daughter. She's, fra- she's framed out of the photo, not like guillotine. And, and, and the joke was supposed to be kind of like, oh, I've, um, this is the most important night of Mike's life. And, and then I tried giving him a line. Like I was like, oh, this is, um, this is the most important win in Mike's life because uh, his, his daughter's name, name is Winnie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Randall didn't use that line, but he's like, so you think this whole joke will work and like no one will be angry. I was like, for sure no one's going to be angry. And ha, 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 ha. Yes, I think it'll work. Randall and I have kind of different sense of humor, but I was like, for your sense of humor, I do think this will work. Then I see 
I checked the comments later, and Mike's like, Randall, this is the most touching, best thing anyone's ever said. And I was like, oh, fuck, Randall's going to be mad at me, to which he actually was a little... Why was he mad at you? Because he's like, oh, Mikey sent me a message. Oh, this was so touching the next day, because he wanted it to be kind of like... He wanted to be funny. Like, kind of like a prank, more than than touching. But Randall did mean everything he said, too, but he wanted it to have a little bite or edge to it. And then I was like, oh, like... uh, but you didn't use my line. And then I told him my win line. He's like, I don't get it. And then I was like, oh, it's because his daughter's name win. He's like, oh. And then, like, you know, our sense of humor don't always line. But anyway. I know Mike is a passionate Raptors fan, but were you slightly insulted? And they're like, I'm a Raptors fan, too. Or were you OK with the fact that Mike was getting the uh, the treatment? Well, it's hard for me, although I am a big fan. I'm not as big fan of Mike. I would sure, never, sure. I've never claimed to be. I think Mike gets the prize for biggest Raptors fan in our yeah. group and any post i'm i'm happy for mike more than any, yeah. anything but uh then back to the game part now it's like alex and i had been burned before with taking shots too early or we, just about we, to take we shots. didn't even take the shots we had to pour the shots back in the tequila <laughs> bottle so last sad time, when they is, lost game five which is horrible yeah. thing to do so virtual <laughs> message me he's like uh don't you dare pour he wasn't talking like randall but he's like don't you dare pour those tequila shots till you know yeah. we're going to win and then he messaged me at a certain point he's like pour those tequila shots mm. he's like and tell me how they taste so i poured the tequila shots with 0.9 seconds mm. left fairly sure we were going to win that was even considered a big risk to me because i was burned before took the tequila shots never tasted better and then i was just so happy and then i did three more tequila shots <laughs> and was very hung over the next day nice yeah but it was a great night uh, so I ended up watching the game at the Thompson Hotel. There was a viewing party that Mandrash got uh, caught wind of. It ended up being awesome. Um, it was a 40-person uh, movie theater. So if we ever need to like view a movie in a private setting, that, that spot is fucking wicked. So shout out to the Thompson Hotel. They had candy and like a liquor set up, which is kind of my dream. Yeah. Uh, for free. So you could just go make your own mixed drink. You could go grab a Budweiser. You could get like a bag of gummies or chocolate. And I invited um, my friend Dave Friesen, who listens to the pod. So shout out to Dave. What up? Uh, he lived with me at 85 Arkell. We played interrail basketball together as like 17-year-olds. We won a three-on-three championship in second year. No big deal. <laughs> uh, we still play basketball together. He messaged me uh, on the day of the game asking what the plan was because – uh, Dan Hamilton was going to stay in because he had something important to do the next day. And Craig, his other basketball buddy, was also going to stay in. So he's like, what's what's the deal for tonight? And I said, oh, I'm going to real sports. And, and then I and Dave is not a demanding guy. Dave's a very low-maintenance dude. And he goes, ah, oh, damn, should have messaged earlier. My bad. So he, he clearly was like, uh, he felt, he's just like, ah, oh, shit. I, like, I fucked up. I should have thought about this earlier. And then I was like, change the plans. Come to the Thompson Hotel with me. It'll be great. He goes, oh, sweet. Like, I was getting slightly depressed thinking of watching the end by myself. What time should I be there? Like, he was so – I could tell how much it meant him that he got to watch it with some friends. And then um, I invited my friend Matt Brookman, who's I've known since I was nine years old, who's a massive Raptors fan. He's in our basketball group. Is this what, Book Club, Matty? Yeah, Book Club, oh. Matty. Uh, Danny Rosenthal, who I – my earliest memories of playing basketball. It's like basketball. your day one crew. You have them yeah, all Yeah, day one crew. And my dad. So uh, also day one crew. Also day Literally. one crew. Uh, Mike D and Molly came from the band. Uh, Amanda Ash was there, and it was just it was awesome. And I knew this was going to be a cake and eat situation because I could watch the game with people that I've known forever that also love basketball. But I also knew I was going to meet up with you guys after. So right. they won. We wandered down King Street. It's alive, as you say. It's like this benevolent 
joyous. Everybody's just in the best possible mood. It, not, there's nothing. There's no weird vibes. There's nothing nefarious happening. We meet up with you and your gang and Greg and everybody at Earl's. And you graciously bought everybody shots and beers. Okay, before we'll get to that in a second. Erica, what did you do for okay. the thing? We, we, <laughs> let's go around the table. We'll find out what, what did you do for the big win? Um, I watched at home, which I was really happy about because that once home I was in Waterloo or in Toronto? no no in Toronto at my house with my roommates. And um, once I saw the crowds on TV, what the street looks streets look like, that didn't appeal to Low me. Low key night. Yeah, I was really happy. I was editing some stuff for the pod, actually. Oh, oh that's oh, good. good job. Smart go to follow us on in. Insta. Um, um, yeah, no, it was really chill. I had a few beers and uh, called it an early night. Felt yeah. great the next day. Oh, that's good. I but was the office was empty, so it, a bit of a wasted evening because okay. I could have showed up a little later. Yeah, if you work at MLC, everybody was not working. That, that was the day no. to not come in. Yeah, totally. I was hungover as hell. I took the, I took a vacation day um, the next day. So I uh, yeah, so we'll connect our nights when we meet up. So I ended up going to Real Sports um, because you dropped out to go to yep. Thompson. It opened a spot, so I invited my buddy Simon Jane, obviously on the Simon. Um, and then uh, buddy Brent was there, my brother uh, Al. And, um, yeah, it was just a really, really uh, good crew, man. People were hanging. Like, people were in, It's a great spot to watch sports, too. It was. And it was, like, it was electric in there. And it was, you know, once you started, like, the game was very intense, right? And you live and die with every possession and you're like is this going to happen and is there going to be a game seven because i don't know if i can handle a game seven on father's day like if they don't win this thing it's just like it's a lot to think about and i just there was a lot i felt a lot of weight in my chest as the game was unfolding and i was sort of getting a little more um, drunk as the uh, proceedings continued on and um once it felt like okay, we're in this thing, okay, like, we're going to do it. I started to feel good, but I also felt good in game five when they were up, you know, and then I kind of got burned. This is it. When we, when we were up at with two free throws in .9 seconds, I was like, there's a good chance the Warriors are going to win by 16. <laughs> and, like, they're going to turn this around because they've done it before. Like, because it oh. feels like the Warriors always do that. They're like, oh, oh you think you have the game in hand? When no. Danny Green That's walked over to Curry and handed him the ball and said, take this three-player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was a scary moment. Yeah. <laughs> that that When Danny turned it over... Oh and I and, and I knew that that Steph would have a look. Uh, we were up one at that point. I thought, my God, Curry's going to hit a bomb. They're going to be up two. There'll be like five seconds left, and we'll we'll miss a three to win it, and yeah. we're going to have to play game seven. And I they'll saw be it all doing unfold. the smiling, laughing thing, like, oh, we planned this out the whole time. Couldn't believe that's what it. They fucking do. couldn't believe it. Yep. He and then it was going to be, let's do this for Clay and KD. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were going to have some miraculous game seven. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was just like, I yeah, I just when when Curry misses the shot, Kawhi Boardman gets paid. Leonard comes in, gets that big rebound, which leads to the scramble, and, the, and then they call the timeout that they don't have, and then it's a free throw thing. I was like, oh my god, like we're gonna win this, but because it took so long for the end of the game, because it was it was a weird junky end to the game. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of time to think about the fact they were gonna win because it was at that point it was like there's no way they're not gonna win this at this point, and it was just it was weird, it was bizarre, and I was thinking a lot and. I was just I was thinking about my dad because I was like he would have loved this, um, and so I just I had a couple photos of us at like Raptors games over the years, and I was like if if we win this thing, I do want to like post something, mm-hmm. and and my brother was right there, and then as the clock actually ticked down, the thing I told you guys about, everyone was sticking fucking cameras in my face, uh, mm-hmm. Simon Jane, Al Yurkovic, uh, people, you know, but I just kind of ignored it, and me and my brother had like a huge, huge like 
like hug we were just smiling ear to ear i facetimed danica mm. uh we were just like i was like on top of the world and she was like i can't believe it uh it was it was it was a really magical moment and i i did get emotional to the point where i was like uh i was a little teary-eyed like when they won i was smiling so, like it was almost incredulous like i couldn't believe it was happening so it was kind of like um i was overwhelmed with happiness and joy and that was maybe the wetness in my eyes but then i posted this post about my dad like of me and my brother and my dad like raptors games and stuff like that and then that actually made me pretty emotional so then i was kind of sitting in the booth as like people were like you know confetti's falling in real sports and everybody's hugging and i was kind of like that's when i started to sort of like get emotional mm. and then the guys kind of grabbed and they're like let's let's do a shot and i was like all right, all right and then i kind of got my shit together and then sean menard who was with us as well was like let's get the bills we need to get into the streets we need to get into the streets and he was really really kind of a leader and then so we went out into the streets madness and made our way to earl's where you guys were and we joined your gang uh and i walked in and i ordered uh <laughs> i just didn't want the like i was like no matter what like we are having a night so i sat down i ordered 10 coors light and 10 shots of tequila so 20 drinks at earl's oh, and God. i didn't even think about what it would cost me what did it cost myself uh it came to 140 i think or one that's pretty good actually that's what it, so the even the server came up and I was like, uh, what's the damage? He's like, 130. I'm like, I would have thought it'd be worse. He's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, so yeah, I gave, I gave him a decent, and then I was just like, take beers, handing them out to, to people and uh, people were doing the shots and uh, it was just really nice. Well, actually, when I walked up to Earl's, you guys were still kind of outside in the cluster yeah. before they walked us to our table and you just like, you hugged me and like lifted me up and we just kind of embraced oh, like in the, in the I moment. I was really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> and then our buddy Mark Myers came by and hopped a fence to join our little booth area and we just we just drank into On the, the night. Earl's patio. Yeah. Damn. Mark is very nimble. That's some yeah. high fences. It was like parkour. We were joking, and then a girl <laughs> who had nothing to do with us tried to imitate him to sneak in, and she oh, couldn't no. do it. R.I.P. <laughs> I actually Lauren uh, was checking out my photos from that night because uh, Lauren had fell asleep because she was working at the hospital. And a picture of Mark Myers came up, and she she she's met Mark a few times, doesn't know him that well. She goes ah. He's like a Hollywood movie star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark yeah. Myers, uh, directing partner with Shane. Uh, he did uh, a few Arkell's music videos, and he's so goddamn handsome. Well, yeah. he's always like 155 pounds too. Yeah, which and I consider okay. ideal weight. And he just eats like pizza and Snickers. It's very yeah. frustrating. Really, he and does. Chips. That's all he eats. When we, when he, he has the best metabolism us. in the, you would hate. He this looks guy. like he's like like the poster child for the Aryan race. Like, I know. Really, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you ever think about like dudes you do? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to cut that part up. <laughs> I I certainly like think that person's very attractive. I get it, but I, but I'm not like, like I'm, I w I'm not that interested in doing a dude. But if you're like if you had to choose one, sure, yeah, okay. You guys would be Mark Myers. He's up there. <laughs> yeah, I know him too well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's too, too like nerdy for me. See? I want more of like a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm into? Uh, Tyler C. from The Bachelor. Oh, my God. Which, which I actually, one's that? I'm, on. very, I'm horrible with names. He's, Tell me what he looks like. He's the hottest guy on the show. Max, I saw Lauren Wait, which on one? Sunday, and we were that's just That's all you about, talked about. Yeah, yeah that's I all we talked about. about. Yeah. Tyler C. I, I could be with, like, oh, uh, no. sorry, I gotta look him up. I could be with, like, a Harry Styles. He's very pretty. Yeah, I mean, Harry Styles, too. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like no, a, no, I'd like a pretty a more, boy. Yeah, I think that would be wow. more my style. Tyler C. This pot is all over the place. This is There's no way this is your first drink. No, I swear to God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's kind of like, it's like that southern thing, and he has that perfect, like, squinty eye, like, He's rugged, but he's, like, a model, so he's it's like, also soft at the like same Channing time. He's like Channing Tatum mm. mixed with... Uh, Tim Riggins or something. No, no. Who's that squinty-eyed actor who kind of fell off the map? French Stewart. 
No, 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 no. Third, third drop from the sun. <laughs> no, who's who's the guy? He was in O, the basketball yeah, 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 movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Josh uh, Hartnett. Josh, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's a lot but, like but him. But super charming. Every line that comes out of his mouth is the most sort of like smooth and easygoing, but also kind of smart at times. And Josh so, Hartnett's yeah. very good looking. Yeah. He's yeah. so about her. Like he's so into it already. He's yeah. very like. Oh, Do you notice they had another guy on the show who was the previous hot guy before him, and he just disappeared? He kind of looked like Superman. What do you mean? Was he on that on this season of The Bachelor? Yes. Okay, and we got to keep moving. We gotta okay. Keep, okay, okay. He just disappeared though. Right now. Yeah. Um, I was halfway out the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to what we were talking with dudes. We do. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's bring it back to the yeah. So, um, so Mark Myers is very Mark handsome. Mark Myers is great. Anyway, it was it was awesome. Such a yeah. like a wicked night to to spend with everybody. And and I don't know about you, but. Uh, I've been floating since it happened. Yeah, I, there I, I will never get over it. Yeah. There are times where it happens constantly where I'll just turn to Danica and I'm like, this is so fucking surreal. I cannot believe the Raptors are NBA champs. Like, you cannot take it away from us. Banners hang forever. I know I say it all the time. That will end up being the title of this episode. Uh, but it's like, it's true. Like, they are now in the NBA history books. This this the institution, the NBA, is something that we care about so much that we, like, follow the minutia of the league and all of the drama and all of the stuff that makes the NBA the greatest league, I think, out of the four. It's hilarious. There's storylines. Uh, it's like we are now a part of that history in a way that cannot go away. For those of you that don't know, every NBA team that's ever won a champion and a championship, and I believe there's 11 that have never won an NBA championship. I could be wrong on that number. If you've won one, you get a little gold patch on the back of your jersey. You'll now notice it whenever you see oh, someone I like the Lakers or the Detroit Pistons or the Golden State Warriors. Forever. They always, it's it's a little admenium that you get to your jersey if you've won. And on it, it says the number. So for like the Celtics, their little gold patch on the back of their neck says like, I think 17. I don't know how many t- tells yeah. they have. We will now have a gold patch that has a little times and it says one, like the Dallas Mavericks or any of those other sort of one and dones, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the Portland Trailblazers. We are now a part of that history. And next year, you will see on our jerseys a little gold patch that cannot take that away. It's fucking brilliant, and I, and it just makes me so happy. And I still I still don't quite believe that it happened. Okay, last thing. So I, I, uh, the next day, my dad texts me, and he goes, Max, you need to get Adam Birchall. He spells his name wrong, but Adam <laughs> Birchall on the podcast because the nut, I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, he flew private taking corporate partners yes. to Oracle uh, for he game to, six. Yeah, he went to fucking Oakland. And he's sending us these photos from after the game. <laughs> he's on the court. After the celebration, and then we're getting other photos. Like he's with Marcus Soul at some after party, he's and and um, what's his name, Siakam. Siakam. He's with everybody, and we're like, oh my god, this is the coolest. And then he's doing, he's drinking two drinks at once. I believe it was a glass of wine and a beer, wearing the ski goggles that they wear. Oh, he had ski goggles on. Yes, I the same ones. Oh man. So we're like, this is going to be awesome because we wanted to do a Raptors pod and and we needed to have... Give us a great story. Yeah, we have a correspondent on the ground at Ground Zero. (laughs) Partying with the Raptors. He's a close friend of ours. And we're like, this is perfect. And also a guy who loves attention and loves talking. (laughs) This is so easy. And so I text him and I'm like, hey, um, hey, can you pod Monday? He goes, it's the parade, no chance. Why the fuck are you partying on Monday? It's the parade. Everything shuts down. I, and I go, I mean, after the parade. We'll bang it out. He goes, nah, it's an all-day affair for me on Monday. Big after party for the staff. I'm like, okay, when are you available to pod? And then he goes, it's probably best don't come on. Mm-hmm. Something's just best left unsaid, yeah. you know. He goes, he suppose you know. Like, he does you know. This very annoying thing, Y-A-N-O. <laughs> oh, that's the worst way <laughs> oh, to spell it. Oh, it's so obnoxious. <laughs> I'm like, I go, stop this. And then he gives me that emoticon where he's like, I don't know, like the hands in the air. Kind shrugging. Of I know it. The shrugging one. He goes, and he goes, I can't do Monday. We need, we need to be tomorrow. I'm like, 
When's good tomorrow? Okay, yeah. good. I think we have an in. Love you, but I'm just not going to come on yeah. for this one. Oh, he loves when someone's she, eager to oh, put you yeah. down. He's uh. like, it's just better this way. I'll be listening, though. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, like, he goes, he's like, can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. I'm like, well, stop this. We're on for noon. And then he goes, I'm out. Love you to bits. Mm. I was like, fuck off. This is the ultimate virtual move. Yeah. Well, of course, because he knows he's going to get talked about more this yeah, way. Yeah, this is it. And Kawhi Leonard's like obviously at the apex of his popularity. And it's like he's kind of like silent but gets talked about a lot. So he's kind of taking a page out of his book. And he, he's going to have his cake and eat it too because observation. we're going to talk yeah. about him on this podcast. And then he'll probably come on in a podcast in like two episodes oh. from now and tell us the story anyway. So yeah. he gets to have both. Well, he posted all those pictures in the group. Which clearly to be asked about, like he posted him with Siakam and Gasol, as we talked about, and then him doing the shots. And I'm like, did you party with uh, Kawhi Leonard? And he goes, yes, but uh, I can only tell you about it in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. Uh, we'll have him on. He'll tell us. Yeah, yeah. We'll get the dirt. Has he? T- has you saw him today at the parade? Did you get any goods? No. Mm. No. Mm. I actually saw him on uh, Saturday night. We hung out because I, I went, oh, you know what we can talk about next pod? Uh, Book, of uh, Book of Mormon, which we've both seen. And yeah. so Shane saw it actually back in the day. So, no, I didn't see it. I actually I got tickets for save it. it. Save it, save it, save it. Okay, huh? we'll, we'll do a Book of Mormon episode. <laughs> but um, are we wrapping up? I think that laugh was really No, no, good. no. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have, I have a thing I want to wrap with. Okay, today. oh, even better. So uh, the reason I want to wrap with this is because I was hanging out with my brother and Dan Hamilton on Saturday, like I said, and they reminded me of something that I'd forgot about, and they said that I should do this on the pod. So uh, in 2002, I think, I was a huge NBA fan, and I was watching the, I I believe it was the LA Lakers beat the New Jersey Nets in 2002. So I wrote this song because they were playing We Are the Champions or something while the confetti was falling, and they have kind of like this grouping of songs that always get played whenever a champion wins. So I was like, I want to write a song that one day they'll play if the Raptors ever win the championship. So I wrote this song called On Top of the World. Mm. And it's like, it's on like one of my little first like kind of like demo EP type things. And I completely forgot about it. But Dan Hamilton, his little brother had a copy of it. Oh my God. So they, he ended up getting a copy from his little brother on Saturday night and he played it and he showed it. And my brother was like, you need to, because you wrote this song, nothing ever came of it. Just a demo. But you, you said if the Raptors ever won, you would hope that they would play this like on the speakers at a parade or when the confetti fell on the arena. And the song never got there, but I thought on this podcast, uh, I could, in honor of the Toronto we Raptors, need to play winning the championship. Have you will... ever heard this song? I've never, I've never heard Oh, this song's awesome. Sing it. Oh. Sing it live. No, we're going to go no, out on it. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to go out on it. And Erica, for our listeners, guys, this is the song I wrote in 2002, hoping that the Raptors would one day win a championship. Woo! Not ever thinking that they would, uh, but now they have. And uh, this one goes out to you guys. It's called On Top of the World. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on top of the world tonight And I'm nothing can stop me now Because everything feels so right And I'm in it here somehow So won't you crack me that bottle of wine Put it on ice won't you crack me that bottle of wine and put it on ice And there's a, nothing you could say that could ever take away Everything that I've seen and done Cause everyone everywhere feels so right I'm on top of the world tonight and Nothing could stop me now Because everything feels so right And 
I'm in it here somehow So won't you crack me that bottle of wine Put it on ice Won't you crack me that bottle of wine And put it on ice And there's nothing you could do Understand what I've been through And everyone that I've seen and done well, Everyone, everywhere feels so right On top of the world On top of the world I'm on top of the world Tonight, oh tonight, tonight Tonight, oh tonight, I'm singing tonight, yeah Tonight, yeah So won't you crack me that bottle of wine and put it on I'm on top of the world